Hi, Cooperation Nation. I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Alessandra. And this is Smooth Cooperators, a Belfast Community Co-op program. We are here to talk to you about cooperatives and particularly the Belfast Community Co-op. We were so excited to record our first podcast and it went really well and it's exciting to share it with our cooperative community. And we are now going to be laying out the next seven episodes. So we'll be going through the cooperative principles one by one, talking about them, talking about how they apply to cooperative business and about how they apply to our cooperative business. To refresh your memory, the cooperative principles are a set of principles and ideals for the operation of cooperatives. They were first set out in 1844 by the Rochdale Society of Equitable Pioneers in Rochdale, England, and they form the basis for the principles which cooperatives around the world continue to operate. The implications of the Rochdale principles are a focus of study in cooperative economics. The original Rochdale principles were officially adopted by the International Cooperative Alliance, the ICA, in 1937, and they were updated by the ICA in 1966, and then again in 1995 as a part of the Statement on Cooperative Identity. The first cooperative principle is voluntary and open membership, which means cooperatives are voluntary organizations open to all people, able to use their services, and willing to accept their responsibilities of membership without gender, social, racial, political, or religious discrimination. This was very important to the original Rochdale pioneers because they felt like they were shut out of other opportunities for businesses. And they felt like if they were inclusive, as long as people were using the services that they wanted anybody to be able to participate. So this also ties in with anti-discrimination, which is included um, in a lot of co-op bylaws and included in our co-op bylaws. To discriminate socially is to make a distinction between people on the basis of class or category. Examples of social discrimination include racial, religious, sexual orientation, disability, and ethnic discrimination. And to fulfill the first cooperative principle, a cooperative should not prevent anyone who is willing to participate from doing so. However, this does not prohibit the cooperative from setting reasonable and relevant ground rules for membership, such as residing in a specific geographic area or paying a membership fee to join as long as all persons meeting that criteria are able to participate if they choose. So there are different motivations and benefits for joining a co-op. So it is voluntary to join a co-op and members will need good reasons to participate. Every person's reasons will be unique and will vary from one cooperative to another, but they'll often be a combination of the following. Financial reasons. Most co-ops are able to provide members with financial benefits. Quality of life. People enjoy serving the community through a cooperative because doing service makes one's own life better. Included here would be the benefits people get from being with other people, staying active in the community, and having a sense of value in society. Giving back. Many people have in some way benefited from the work of a cooperative. Altruism. Some people join for the benefit of others. And a sense of duty. Some people see participation in community as a responsibility that comes with citizenship. In this case, they may not describe themselves as volunteers, but owners. Cooperatives do not operate in isolation from their community, but are integrated into their community. So it is important that people who live in the communities are a part of their co-ops. Let's talk about how Principle 1 applies to the Belfast Community Co-op. 
open and voluntary membership. So what that means is that if you are in the Belfast Community Co-op area, Waldo County specifically, seems to be a large draw for the co-op. Although realistically, we have owners from all over the country, as far away as Alaska. That's really exciting. It just means that our community is larger than we thought. And I love thinking about that. So our rights and responsibilities as Belfast Community Co-op owners, first off, we do have, or we do require an equity investment. That means that you have to put forth money to be a part of this particular co-op. What we require is a $200 equity investment. As of right now, once that $200 is fully paid, you are considered fully vested. You are fully invested in the co-op. Payments can be made in $15 increments annually. So Emily, now that we know that membership for the Belfast Community Co-op is open and voluntary, how would somebody sign up to become a member if they wanted to be one? So it's fairly easy. We do have a sign-up form, and you can either fill that out at the register on any day that you're in the store to shop, or you can go to our website. It's belfast.coop, and there is a join the co-op page, which has a form on it, and you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. Awesome. I had mentioned earlier that sometimes there are qualifications to sign up for the co-op. What would qualify somebody or what would they have to do to sign up? Once you fill out the form, really the only requirement is the economic participation part, which is the equity investment. So at that point, you would either pay your $15 annual installment or you could become fully vested right at the start by paying $200. Fully vested? Is that like when I wear my really cool outfit to work and I have that sweet handmade vest on? I love your vests. (laughs) No. Fully vested means that you are actually fully invested in the business. That means that I've paid up my full equity payment of $200. Yes. Cool. I've heard from people in the past that they were had like lifetime ownership or they, they felt like they hadn't been fully invested in the past. How come they're not fully invested now? The amount of investment that is required for the co-op is decided by the board of directors. And because our business has grown and changed over the course of its 46 years and had different iterations of a board of directors, they have decided different economic levels of investment for the owners. So at the beginning, we've had many different structures. At the beginning, there was a $25 fee. I don't even think it was called equity at that time. Over the years, it evolved into $80 per person, and that was a lifetime membership. And then I think as the people who worked at the co-op and the board began to understand the cooperative model a little bit better, because there is a learning curve when you start a business, especially a cooperative business, which you mentioned last time, is not taught in business school. They changed their mindset on what it meant to be invested in the business and what the business needed from its owners. When you and I started working at the co-op, the equity structure was $60 per person. You paid that over the course of three years. And then beginning in the fourth year, you paid a $25 annual membership fee. I remember that. Yeah. 
at the very end of 2018, so I think it was implemented right at the beginning of 2019, the board decided to change the equity structure so that it is a $200 equity investment, and they did away with annual membership fees because the fees were not refundable. So something that's interesting about a co-op is that when you invest in the co-op and you decide that you no longer want to be a participant, the board can actually purchase back your equity. So they're buying those shares back from you as long as the co-op is in sound financial health. So right now, if you pay your $200, you're a fully invested member. But if the board decides that the economics change or there's a change in the business structure, they can change the level of participation that's needed for any member. So it kind of sounds like making all of the decisions about the cooperative is much more complicated than the membership itself. Because when you're a member of the co-op, it seems to me like you go in, you give the cashier your owner number, and the benefits kind of start at the cash register. I can think of some of the benefits of being an owner, getting a discount on a case Mm pre-order. So there's like a very delicious drink that we like to drink that's like a turmeric drink. I can just order six of them at a time, and then I get a 15% discount because I'm an owner. It's lovely. What are the other benefits of being an owner? There is patronage dividend, which is profit sharing. When the co-op does well financially, they have a portion of their profits actually returned to the owners. It is based on how much people spend at the co-op. Yeah, I remember being told that I had patronage dividend to redeem this year, and it's kind of like a store gift card. That's right. And actually, the patronage dividend allocation is really interesting because the co-op can actually retain a portion of that allocation and can put it back into the business. So it's like reinvesting on behalf of the owners. It's also pretty interesting because if the co-op decides to do patronage dividend to allocate funds back to the owners, they are not taxed on that portion of the profit. Another incentive of being a cooperative business. Absolutely. You touched on the pre-order discount, which is for all of our owners. If you order a case of something, we're talking a bag of rice, a bag of flour, even a case of your favorite drink from the cooler, you can get a 15% discount. The other thing that you're signed up for automatically as an owner is something that we call owner rewards, which just means that you are earning 1% on everything that you purchase and 2% back on anything that is local that you purchase. And so you can rack up those points at the register and then you can use them as long as you have something that's over $3. So if you have $3 or more, you can spend those down in owner rewards. But if you're purchasing something that is less than $3, you'll have to wait until you have a larger shop. And it seems like one of the other benefits of being an owner is that you get to run for the board of directors. Absolutely. So that's one way to participate in your community and you get to help make decisions for this business that you own that is also benefiting your community. Additionally, if you are not prepared to run for the board of directors, but it does sound slightly enticing, you can actually just do committee work. So you can join a board committee. Uh, We have three standing board committees. There's the owner engagement committee, there is the board development committee, and the finance committee. Now, each of those has a specific job. Owner engagement is to reach out to owners regarding board issues and 
get out in the community and talk about the governance and what's going on at the co-op. Board development actually works on monitoring policies and making sure the board is participating in trainings and keeping everybody up to date, which I think is very exciting. Education. I love it. And the finance committee goes through the monthly financials with the GM, and they do look over any financial decisions that are being made. And if you have a finance background, that would be a really good fit for you. So I'm hearing that these are some really great reasons to join the co-op, and these are pretty unique to this business structure. But why do you think people join the co-op? I think it can be really personal. I think that after the conversation you and I had in the last program, it was interesting to hear that how much you love the cooperative business model. I also do love it, but that is not why I was particularly drawn to the co-op at the beginning, because I was interested in making sure I was investing in my local economy, because I didn't know particularly a lot about the cooperative business model. And so I think it can be really personal for everybody. It could be just that somebody loves a local business and they feel like they want to support it. They want to shop there. They could just sign up because they want to get a discount on their favorite dried mangoes. Who dried doesn't? mangoes are delicious. Yeah. So it kind of seems like some people move to a new place and no matter what the co-op is, they join it because that's like part of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that also seems like we have some people who maybe shop at the co-op all the time, even once or twice a day, and they're not owners. And that's another personal choice that for whatever reason, they don't feel like they wanna become financially invested in this place, even though they shop there for really frequently. I think that you had somebody come through the ownership department like someone's form, and they had been shopping here for years, maybe over I had a decade. Two people who've been shopping since, well, as long as you and I have been working for the co op, in the same day signed up to become owners after at least a decade of shopping, which was really exciting. I think that what we've done in outreach and education has opened people's eyes to what the cooperative is, that it is not necessarily a feeling but it is a business that they can benefit from. Because I wonder too if some people, if they're, if they're frequent shoppers, maybe they have that feeling. We, the workers, treat them like an owner because they're a community member. Do you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. there's something unknowable about that sort of familiarity where you kind of treat somebody like your chosen family and then you kind of turn them on to the fact that there are these benefits they could be taking advantage of, but you forget that they're like not an owner. Does that make sense? I know that's a yes. weird thing to say, but it's like you can act like an owner even if you're not an owner. There you was just don't plenty, get the benefits. There was plenty of people who came through my line when I was a cashier who were not owners, who I was still excited to see, and I would see them on a daily basis, and I was thrilled to be able to provide them with customer service and make them feel like they were part of the community, yeah. even though they weren't invested in the business. But well, we, they are invested in the business, right? just not in this traditional way that we're sort of laying out through the bylaws, through this business structure, mm -hmm. just by spending their money here or their time here or maintaining relationships here. They are invested. And I think that that's something that we have that other bigger grocery stores don't have is that we do treat people who come here like friends, like family, we go out of our way to say like, hey, we see you. 
-hmm. we know that you're here. Um, A little while back, you mentioned that one thing that's unique about cooperative business is that the board can buy back people's equity shares. Um, You're the ownership coordinator, so you do deal with all different aspects of ownership, and some of that means that you are um, helping to return that equity on behalf of the board of directors. What are some examples of why people stop being owners? The biggest one that I see is people move out of state seems that proximity is really helpful in being an owner so if you are not in the area and not utilizing the business you can take your equity and perhaps invest it in a co-op that's closer to you Mm -hmm. and i have seen that a lot yeah um unfortunately death is probably the next biggest one we have people from all walks of life and that is the natural end point yeah um you People who are part of the estate can request their equity back, and it can be approved by the board of directors. And you can find out more information about that on our website. Sometimes people are simply upset with the co-op because it is not making them feel the way that they want to feel. Again, as long as the co-op is in sound financial health, we can buy those equity shares back, and the board will approve it. So if you have any questions about that, email ownership at belfast.coop. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing that it can be fluid in that way, but it's sort of, if you don't use it, then you lose it. Where, you know, we really want people to be owners who are invested. Yes. That's what's best for the business. Mm-hmm. And for one reason or another, if you become uninterested in the business, that it's actually best, you know, to not be an owner anymore. Mm-hmm. Because you, when you're an owner, you get to vote for the board. You, yes. you, I mean, it's a responsibility. Like, kind of you have to vote for the board because those are the people who are yes. representing you. We have a representative democracy. Yeah. And so if your say in the business is channeled through your representative, you want to make sure you're getting the right representative for you. Wow. Do you know what I think that I just heard we're talking about for the next episode, Emily? I know it. Principle two, democratic member control. Which is very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. There are not so many opportunities for that in our day-to-day life, because even the representative democracy that we're a part of, that like is our state and is our country, it's less knowable because it's so huge. Mm-hmm. It feels more removed. Yeah, and this is this feels very present. Well, and it is because you are running into the people who are representing you as you are shopping. Yeah, which is really fun. Yeah, because they shop here. Yeah, cool. I was thinking that for the next part of the show that we would talk about our store and we would talk about renovations and maybe groundbreaking. I would love to do that. I would like to slip in one more benefit of okay. being an owner, yeah. which is that not only do you get to vote for your board of directors, you get to vote for the common sense organizations. Oh, that is huge. It is huge. We have, through this program, this common sense program, where you round up change at the register, we have been able to provide local nonprofits with just really meaningful amounts of money that have a huge impact for them. And a lot of education because our marketing department makes posters every month 
which can lead you to websites or social media to find out more about these local nonprofits that people that they're either new or people haven't heard about. And so I think that they get support in that way. And for the last 11 months, we've raised over $5,000 each month for the local nonprofits. We should do a whole episode. We should, because I would that the Belfast Community Co-op does not actually, we don't have a hand in how much they are receiving. It is purely community support. That is just going directly from the shoppers. We are gathering it in a little basket and then giving that to the organization. Yeah, 100% of the community donations go to the organization. The co-op gets so much but none of it is financial so we don't do any tax write-offs you know we don't get any notoriety from those organizations it's the community that gets it yeah that's you guys out there you're doing it yeah making a big impact thank you so on monday last monday may 15th may 15th you and i kind of wrangled together and put on a little bit of an event. We did. And that event was the groundbreaking event. It, it leaves me speechless to think about it. I cannot even tell you how excited I am, how excited I was that day to in, or welcome all of these people into our parking lot, which is not, it is what it is, it's a parking lot. But we heard from Doug Johnson, our general manager, we heard from Mike Hurley from the city of Belfast, and we heard from... Ah, his first name's Ken. He's amazing. He's from Warren Construction. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. he was amazing. I, did, I tried to do a head count at some point. Oh, good. And we had about 30 people there, and then I turned around, and it looked like there was at least 20 more behind me Yeah. after that. Yeah, I think so, there might have been like 60 people there. And now we're going to hear a little bit from Doug Johnson at the groundbreaking ceremony. Co-ops are built by the communities that they serve. And this co-op has been held together for the past 47 years by a number of dedicated individuals that have kept this place going. Uh, a lot of them are here today. A lot of them have been part of this project. And I want to recognize them and recognize how hard it is to keep a store going in a community. As we prepare for this next stage in the co-op's development in the next cycle of our life, I want to recognize that we are standing on the shoulders of giants that there are larger-than-life individuals that have brought this co-op to life and that we are continuing their tradition with this new stage of the project. Thank you, everybody, again, for coming out. Thank you for all that you've done to support me and our team and our workers uh, and our board of directors. Thank you so much and onward. Belfast Community Co-op, owned by you, food for all. Thank you, everyone. It was a really great turnout. The weather stayed nice, and we actually started construction that day. Yeah, I think before, so the groundbreaking was at one, and before, or the groundbreaking ceremony was at one, and before we even started, the demolition crew had filled an entire dumpster with old basement materials that are no longer going to be needed because the basement is the first place that we're working on, and so all of the electrical and plumbing down there are getting an upgrade. Right now the crew's going through and making sure that we're meeting OSHA standards, so that just means that there's no loose wires and you know the ground is level and they have an easy way to start setting up all of the new things that they're building because basically the basement will hold preparation spaces for our meat department, for our prepared foods department, 
Um, there will be a new break room downstairs. Uh, a couple of employee bathrooms mm-hmm. will be downstairs, and uh, and some storage for Center Store for like all of our grocery items. But they have to make sure you know they have to make sure everything is structurally sound. They have to make sure everything will fit. There's so much to take into account, and we have Warren Construction, which is a Portland-based construction group, who has like a lot of um, background in commercial building their superintendent whose name is river he's on site and he's so on top of everything it's like so fun to have somebody who's so interested working on this project because i can ask him questions like oh what are you doing over here and how's that going and he i think can like feel and see the investment from the workers and from the owners and so i think that's exciting because he gets to share what it is that his work is because it's impacting our work, we're interested and we just want the best for the whole project because we're all there's already investment from everybody. It's really cool. I'm so excited and it makes me want to don a hard hat and be a little construction worker for a little while. I will say at some point after the ceremony, um, we stayed on the ceremony site and we're mingling. There was a lot of board of, board of directors um, there and community members but I glanced over at the entrance to the co-op and there were about six people standing there in hard hats and all people who are actually working on the actual renovation. Yay! And they were not posing for anybody. This was not staged. They were standing next to the co-op wearing their hard hats, getting down to business and doing the work of the renovation. There's so much to do. It just made me want to burst with excitement. Yay. And we will be open the whole time. I think yeah. that's going to be a question that we're going to answer for, you know, the next 10 months or whatever. The plan is to be open, to be open, to be open. We will just continue to meet the community's needs. We are adjusting a lot of things inside the store and outside the store. And there will be temporary closures when we have to turn the water off or we have to change the electricity over. But all of those will be able to be anticipated. And so everybody will know about them Mm -hmm. beforehand. Yes, we will gently guide you through any disruptions there will be in co-op service. Yay. And I'm so glad that you were excited because I was bleeping terrified. I was so (laughs) nervous about the whole thing going down and happening. I think because there's been so much buildup to it. Patrick, who was there from Woodhull Studios back in, I don't know, 2017, I think I saw a presentation from him as an architect for the first time. So Woodhull Studios used to be Caleb Johnson Studios. They are an architect firm um, that also does commercial and retail spaces down in Portland. I've just like seen this guy for all of these years coming up with these dreamy ideas that we want to move forward on to, you know, provide services for our community and for our workers and for like the next generation, that that planning ahead to accommodate the next people that we don't even know will be in Belfast. There's excitement and anticipation when you when I would see the plans. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now we're doing the plan. Yes. And he's there helping and checking out structure. He's just this, like, I don't know. To me, this, like, He became a char- little larger than life. Yeah. And now it's real. So yeah. it's like you become this larger than life character. You have all these great ideas and these fun design concepts. And then we choose a design concept that we're going to move forward with. And all of a sudden you become this, like, 
very thoughtful professional worker and we're like working together to make this sort of dream happen so we can keep having this space available feels really wild every worker that's in the co-op is going to be walking into a new and hopefully exciting challenge Mm -hmm. like every week Mm -hmm. maybe every day you know and there's Mm -hmm. some kind of exciting accountability that comes with that because we all have to be observant we all have to share our ideas. We all have to understand that things are gonna change. There's something about COVID and the pandemic that kind of like prepared us for that because whew, every day was a new day and we were like, let's keep in business. Let's, yeah, sure, we'll try something Indeed. wild and new. And I think we're gonna have to do that again. And I think we have a really great team to lead us through that unknown mm-hmm. aspect of things. So butterflies in the stomach, a little bit of excitement. We're moving forward, and we really appreciate all the support. And we'll be open for business. Mm -hmm. What's happening next? Well, we have a June board meeting coming up on the 28th. Um, Our board meetings are held at 6 p.m. You can find out more information about that on our website, belfast.coop. If you're looking for other information about us, other events, You can check out our Facebook page. You can check out our Instagram. Um, We do have an e-newsletter that goes out every two weeks, which is full of information, and I love getting mine. You can sign up for it online. It's right at the bottom of our website. All right, folks. It has been a pleasure being with you today. We hope that you'll join us next month. For Democratic Member Control and updates on the renovation. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Episode 2 of Smooth Cooperator from the Belfast Community Co-op, hosted by Alessandra Martinelli and Emily Berry, produced at the facilities of Belfast Community Radio.